Hello, San Pedro Podcast, episode 89. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello, San Pedro Podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jess, and I'm one of your hosts. This month, we're focusing on local nonprofits and highlighting some San Pedrans who are giving back to their community in big ways. Our guests for today are no exception to that. They are truly capeless heroes. I had a lot of fun interviewing them, and I hope you feel just as inspired as I was to find a way to give back to San Pedro. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. I'm Susan McKenna. I'm the board president of San Pedro Meals on Wheels. And also at this time, I'm the chef at San Pedro Meals on Wheels. Um, I've been filling in off and on, and um, it's definitely on at the moment. And I've been involved, I think, a little just before Mike became involved. So that's, what, 14, 14, 15 years. And uh, I met some women at the corner store who one was on the board and one drove routes. And I thought, oh, I used to do that with my mum. I'll get involved. So that's how I started getting involved with Meals on Wheels. That's awesome. And then Mike? I'm Michael Cacavella. I am the former chef. (laughs) Yes, why I have to fill in. (laughs) Of 14 years. Uh, And now I help run the office. So I'm not going to let him get away with that. By all means. More than running the office. He is, the title is office manager, but it's also, it's a huge job um, coordinating our volunteers. There are other places where one person would do the job that you're doing and that's it because that's the heart of what we do at Meals on Wheels. 80, 80 to 100 volunteers. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for adding to that. Yeah. He's not going <laughs> to get away with anything. Yes. <laughs> Hold each other accountable. Um, okay. So, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Well, I was born and raised in New York City. Uh, came to California in 1981 and uh, did a little TV show called Solid Gold. After leaving radio in New York, uh, and then uh, was out here for maybe a year or so and found that I wanted to go back home because I didn't think I fit in here and went back home and found that nothing had changed there. They were still doing the same things on the same street corners and everything else. So I packed up all my stuff again and moved back out to California (laughs) and pretty much been here ever since, except for a short stint in Shinston, West Virginia. Interesting. So a little bit of a bi-coastal life there Mm -hmm. for a couple years. Um, Where in New York City? Born in Brooklyn, raised in Ozone Park, Queens. And then like everybody else, we moved out to the island for a little while. 
Nice, nice. And you're referring to Long Island for those. Who Long Island, know. yes. Yeah. <laughs> for those that I understand you're from New York or lived in New York. So yeah, yeah, I lived there for Our a couple years. Our terminology is the island, you know, this, you know. <laughs> I'm married in New York, so yeah. I, I there you go. too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Susan, can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing and then what brought you eventually to California? Um, I'm Australian. I was born in Australia. We moved around every couple of years so I've always been itinerant there um I became a school teacher I was a school teacher and then I moved to London uh because I wanted to meet the sex pistols and I wanted to see what was happening in London I went there and trained as a chef there at that time which was also something I intended on doing so I lived in London for three years and cooked, went back to Australia and worked in lots of different fields, cooking and then TV and video and film production. The itinerant, I'd go back and forward to food and I think lots of food people have done that. It's not the only thing you can do and the only thing you come, but there's something about it that it comes back around again. So. I ended up in San Pedro when my husband transferred here in the Navy and I've been here ever since, which is 33, 34 years. Here in San Pedro? Here in San Pedro. Wow. I know. That's incredible. (laughs) And Mike, how long have you been here in San Pedro for? Uh, Moved here in 1991. Wow. And I've been here ever since. Yeah, so 30-something years. The math is hard. Right, right. I can't yeah, do it. I know. Right? But, oh, Michael, we'll, we'll leave it up there. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the numbers are way too yeah. big at this point. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. When I first came here, I was one of those people that said San Pedro. And then literally got uh, smacked in the back of the head all the time. So. <laughs> Thankfully, then... Amanda got me up to speed real quick. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm appreciative of that. I didn't <laughs> yeah. get many head slaps. Um, all right. So, Susan, I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about specifically the British origins, really, of uh, Meals on Wheels. There's in, there's several stories. There's a lot of myths about the the start of um, Meals on Wheels. But the cool and amazing thing about Meals on Wheels, if you look now at um, Meals on Wheels, particularly in the US, because it is worldwide, um, most chapters are fifty years old this year, like we are. And it came out of legislation. It was called the Senior Nutrition Act exactly 50 years ago where i mean a a shocking and horrible realization that most seniors lived in poverty i mean that was about the time of social security and a lot of those new programs and this senior nutrition act was really concerned about um, seniors Mm -hmm. getting nutrition and so when you look at the number of meals on wheels so many of them like 90 percent of them started 50 years ago And it was some women in San Pedro and up on the hill who heard about this and said, we should do that here. And so a really, really cool thing for us is that it's been historically in the same church at First Presbyterian for that entire time, hasn't it? Since 1972. Since 1972. Um, The kitchen's a little different, not much different. It's actually a gorgeous kitchen you know the style of it and we were just laughing the other day about 
there's like a servery window which we don't use um there was an ancient coffee machine which unfortunately the health department made us take out because you can't have broken equipment in a commercial kitchen even though it was the coolest thing on earth and there's lovely little carved bits and wooden cupboards and the draw pulls and things like that so some of those women I we often meet people and we have volunteers at Meals on Wheels who'll say things like Oh, my aunt cooked here or I met a woman at the start of this year on a whale-watching trip and she said, oh, I think it was her mother, mother or grandmother, she was one of the first people who started Meals on Wheels in wow. San Pedro. Kim, our, one of our bakers that comes in uh, and volunteers, her aunt was the original chef that's at right. Meals on Wheels, where mm. we're located. That's mm. incredible. I yeah. mean, something that's very unique to San Pedro is how many of these generational lines and threads still maintain within the town. And as someone who's new, I'm, I've am i been appreciating the history. So it's cool to find people who are still connected in some way through mm. Meals on Wheels and has this like founding history within their family. It's um, one of the amazing things when I... I was involved all those years ago when I had the corner store and there's a little group of us and we would, we were always like a pod before pods. We, <laughs> we teamed up and we would deliver food and all the rest of it. I came back and was involved in um, Meals on Wheels and it was just extraordinary to me that you'd talk to people and, oh, I did it with my grandma or my uncle got Meals on Wheels or da-da-da. You know, most... It seems like lots of families have had a relationship with Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, same thing with some of our other volunteers. We have uh, actually, uh, we call them the PV moms. Uh, when they started, their kids were in car seats and they would have to move the car seats to be able to put the boxes for the food in their car. And uh, now their kids are driving for us. Oh my gosh, that's so So, cool. Yeah, Yeah. 20 something years later, 27 years later. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Uh Um, I would love to talk a little bit more about, um, I guess the mission statement as a whole. So Mike, if you want to take this. Our mission statement is that nobody will go hungry. Um, There's a lot of people out there. You never know who your neighbor is sometimes. They may look like they're eating. They may look like they're able to go shopping, but sometimes they're not. Uh, They might be eating, but they're not eating what they should be eating. You know, uh, a can of tuna sometimes at night um, is not sustainable for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you don't always know that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is take a good look at your neighbors sometimes, okay? Especially if they're older. Uh, you never really know what's going on with I mean, them. That's, that's my story, which is um, being, you know, being involved with food, whatever. I like cooking for people, all the rest of it. Had a delightful neighbor for decades, um, she was by herself. She dressed beautifully. We would wave. I I felt a little weird if I would give her leftovers, like was it feeling like 
I was saying she couldn't cook or something. So I didn't do it as often as I probably could have. And she, the ambulance was there. She collapsed. Anyway, we found after her family moved her into an assisted living, they lived in another state, that actually she couldn't drive. We should have put it together, but she wasn't eating. Oh, my goodness, yeah. She wasn't eating. There was nothing in the house. And if you saw this woman, she knew a lot of people in San Pedro. It broke our hearts, and it just pushed me and my son at that time. He became involved in Meals on Wheels. And it was what Mike just referred to. It's hidden hunger, mm-hmm. and that's, that's let's say, in a nice street, in a nice neighbourhood, but no um, support system that's really going into their house because people are, you know, they have their dignity and their pride and right. they don't want that. And um, now we see we have a, a sponsored program and... Um, these are the people that have to choose between paying their rent or what it is now is often medicines mm. and food and they have difficulties getting out to buy food. So we often say there's there's a lot of food giveaways out there, mm-hmm. you know, because you can go here on a Friday and there's this. But how do you know about that? And you have to have a car and our, our peeps aren't, on their smartphones or laptops and some of them don't have the connections. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's really striking with me. I I have a few neighbors that are elderly, but this is so true. I mean, how often, you know, wanting well-wished, well wishes to our neighbors, but how often are we aware of what their situation and how much of a support system they have? What are some ways that have come up for you guys to, either consult with neighbors who would like to help and or might have a neighbor that may need um, Meals on Wheels? I mean, what's some ways to approach? It's interesting. Today, when I finished in the kitchen, um, one of our board members came to um, drive a route, and she was by herself. And I said, I'll come in the car with you. It was either going to be Mike or myself, and he goes out a lot. And I said, I'll do it. So I went out. We were delivering to somebody, and as we were backing out... A woman was sort of waving from across the road, an older woman. And she said, oh, Meals on Wheels. And she was asking about it. And I said, oh, we've got a menu and da-da-da. And I thought she had seen us, so that was a help. But one of the things we're conscious of is just what Mike said, you know, just keep an eye open and be aware that there's this is a hidden Mm -hmm. thing that Mm -hmm. you don't see when people can't drive, though, this is not a city you can live in without having access to a car. And if mm-hmm. you're elderly, it's not like you can just catch the bus or the tube or mm-hmm. the train or whatever. So let's say that there's a neighbor who says, oh, I think I know of someone who might who might need the service, you know. What is the way that they can reach out to Meals on Wheels? I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, oh, no. but we'll circle back to some of the other questions I have. Well, one one thing that we do is we do have car magnets on our car, okay? So that people know that we're Meals on Wheels for a couple of reasons. Sometimes uh, because of COVID, we have one person in the car when we really would like to have two, but mm-hmm. we can only have one person in the car. So sometimes they're 
double parked. Okay. <laughs> Just a couple of years ago, talking to people, and they'd say pre COVID, I think COVID's changed some mm-hmm. of the conversation about mm-hmm. food, but people would say, Oh, I didn't know we had a Meals on Wheels. Yeah. And they don't know. And I'm guilty of this. I did not yeah. know. And I was, yeah, I'm excited that we're here sitting and talking with you guys so we can spread That's awareness right. about yeah. it. There's pretty much a Meals on Wheels in every city in the United States. If not, it's a type of, like Wilmington has, you know, the JCs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's their Meals on Wheels. Um, but getting back to the magnet, that also lets people know that there is a Meals on Wheels in town. And, and can call. And uh, actually, the funny part is, is that we've lost a couple of magnets. And, you know, yeah, we get them back. off my car. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, you know, we get them back. And we actually have gotten one or two clients off of, you know, a client and a magnet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's like a swap so, program. Mm-hmm. You get a magnet and then yeah. you get a client, too. Okay, so um, having those magnets, kind of bringing that awareness. Um, let's circle mm-hmm. back a little bit on how you guys each got involved. So we heard, Susan, your story a little bit about the corner store. and all, But, Mike, let's start with you. How did you get involved with Meals on Wheels in San Pedro? Um, well, I had two businesses here on 6th Street back in the day. and uh, What were they? Uh, one's a T-shirt shop uh, that... I don't. I still have the company, but I don't have the brick and mortar. Gotcha. And then I had a restaurant that was on the corner of Sixth and Nelson. And then when that closed up, um, I sat around for a little while, and I figured I just want to take some time for myself. And then I said, Nah. I said, You know what? This is kind of boring. I got to keep <laughs> moving. You know. So um, answered an ad in the paper. Didn't say what it was for. And I called and got no answer. The phone rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and nothing. Um, Called again and finally got somebody and they said somebody would call me back. And uh, three days went by. And then I called again. So it it then got to the point where um, I was going to get this job no matter what. (laughs) You were determined. I was determined. And all that. And I still didn't know what the job was for. Uh, it was I, on principle. I, yeah, <laughs> at like, that point, it was like, I'm going to find out what this job is and I'm going to get it. So uh, <laughs> I found out that it was at the First Presbyterian Church up in Weymouth Corners. And I, I went in. I uh, found out it was for Meals on Wheels and that it was for the chef's position. And um, I guess I answered the right questions because I got hired. Yeah. And um, like I said, that was almost 15 years ago. And up until the last last four months, five months. months yes. You know, Mike I was, was chef. I was the chef there. And um, a little bit about I read this, but I want you to kind of share is your contribution was also switching up the way that Meals on Wheels was operating and making food, right? Well, when I first got there, uh, the clients weren't even getting menus on what they were, you know, I mean, the, uh, the kitchen knew what they were going to make for the whole week, but the clients never knew what they were going to get and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff was just pull it out of the freezer, stick it in the oven and then dish it out and stuff like that. And we went, it was a whole different, I remember that. So we went with. Uh, 
We're going to start ordering stuff, and we're going to start cooking. <laughs> and we're going to do it. Major, major breakthrough there. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know, we have a commercial kitchen here. We have people that know how to cook, and we have volunteers, so let's go for it. And, yeah, we just started making making meals. And it's evolved even more over over the years. Um, you know, we went from... Go, going from canned vegetables to using frozen vegetables to now using fresh vegetables. That's awesome. As, you know, whenever we can, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and can you talk a little been, bit? Go ahead. I was going to say part of what's also happened, there's been such a growth and evolution. And one of the things that's happened is um, there are fantastic urban farms and food people in our town and so just this morning I was prepping the meal Mike walks into the kitchen with a big box and he said guess where I was this morning and garden church and we had Brussels sprouts so we had enough volunteers this morning I said that is fantastic Anne Marie mm-hmm. trimmed we roasted four trays of Brussels sprouts so they were delicious yeah. so we've it's actually, right here up on 6th street yeah, yeah we've hooked in a couple of our board members they've, they've just turned out sadly but we a couple of our board members are Lara Huey from Green Girl Farms and then Kate McLaughlin from San Pedro Sourdough so we've had these lovely connections and we get fresh produce and things from Alma Farms. Mm. So we have that. And then there's a a supermarket chain that donates to us via another charity. So I won't name them, but they're well known for their produce. Mm -hmm. So part of our mission, it's been tricky and hard, is we want to use as much of that as we can. Sourcing and more food that's so local we, and, and or and fresh. Yeah, and then trying to prep it in a volunteer organization. So it's a part-time chef position and a part-time office thing. So we've started a Monday chop and chat, which is people come on Mondays at 12 o'clock and just madly chop and prep as much of this fresh produce as we can, which then we can we can use. So it's from when Mike walked in, I'm going to say that was such a different mm-hmm. scene because I remember that's when I first became involved. And yeah. Yeah, okay. it, it just, I mean, we're a not-for-profit organization. Yeah, this and, is <laughs> let's underscore that for yeah. sure. <laughs> and... Um, how difficult yeah, we're, we're on a budget mm-hmm. a very yeah. tight budget super tight budget. and trying to put out meals sometimes within that budget is difficult mm-hmm. uh so we eat it you know we'll you know we're not gonna skimp on something just because uh the funds are lower mm-hmm. but we've, getting all these we're i'm gonna say mike and myself i think that's some of the skills that we bring to this, um, you know, we can make meals out of stuff. <laughs> and it's fantastic. And I always go back to when you go and deliver to our to our peeps and they're not, most of them aren't leaving their homes. They're not going to the supermarket and seeing all the stuff. 
And sometimes the simplest things I know bring joy to people. We had um, all these great little sweet potatoes and we just roasted trays of them. We had enough of them. And just, just literally do the thing you do at home and just cut them. And I looked at them and I thought, I don't think our people, they haven't been to the shops. They're not going to have little sweet potatoes just roasted like that and, right. you know, all out. That's the, the fun of just... The joy of being able to bring some nutritional food that like is lovely and of the season and delicious and and colorful. Exactly. I love that. I, um, I wonder like how, how much do you end up sourcing of produce? Let's say produce, how much of it is sourced and then how much of it do you actually have to cook? How many meals do you execute on a weekly basis? Well, we do about, um, we do 200 meals a day. That's a 200 time. meals a day. Yeah, but that is um, 100 hot meals and 100 cold meals. It's sort of components like the, the main meal and a side or two. There's a hot box, as we call it, and a cold box. So that gives us the opportunities to play with um, when we get lovely, you know, donations from farms and we can suddenly turn that around and so one of the things that we've done over the past year um, is we've added a lot more fruit Mm. that we didn't really have the fruit and fruit is expensive Mm -hmm. and um, so we've added fruit and then we can you know add a whole lot of veggies and yeah Yeah. and that came around from we wanted to always do fruit you know like two or three years ago before COVID and it was just so expensive uh, to do it and then COVID hit and the uh, the school district was doing their lunches that they were giving away to the students and we got uh, locally we got the leftover bananas and the apples and everything else and so we were able to start giving out fresh fruit and then when that stopped we all looked at each other and we went what do we do now? Our clients are loving the fresh fruit. Yeah. Do we go and readjust the budget and lessen something else to give them fruit? And then uh, we did. it came along. There's a reason why we're in a church. Don't want to get religious, but there's a reason why we're yeah, in a church. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes somebody's it's looking just, over us, man. We had so. a, just this last weekend, I said to Mike, he was away in New York and I said oh Mike you're going to get a surprise when you come back to the kitchen because out of the blue a phone message to an ex-board member and then a text to me that an organization was renovating and maybe closing down some of their food uh, places and we have the little it's not written down but there's always that little shopping list of things you'd like and I particularly love the giant NSF cutting boards. I can't stand working on a you know six inch cutting board, and they're so expensive. And you know you buy even a medium one. Mm-hmm. They're a lot. I couldn't believe it when I got to go over and see this place, and they said just take anything that's useful. Ah! So Get there in were the candy the, store. <laughs> there was. It was all the big cutting boards, and then a baker's rack, and a whole lot more sheet pans. Oh, and then. Yeah, how, favorite. Do you, 
How did we get that Baker Shrek? I, I controlled my Baker Shrek. Nobody big enough. No, I controlled my husband into putting it. Um, but we got a giant smusher to make mashed potato that I could do today because you know, some big tools. I and love I thought it is really interesting how it's just out there. And You're going to bring up the smusher part? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I wish our audience could see your faces because you guys are really lit up right now. And we're talking about supplies. We're talking about, you know, like supplies that can help with it the cooking. It seems like, you know, there's, there's issues and problems we have to solve and all the rest of it. And then you just have these lovely... It, yeah. This is a labor of love. Yeah. It really is. I'm fortunate enough to get a paycheck okay um i i do take a lot of my money and i give it back and buy things and all this other stuff and i try and do whatever i can for meals on wheels but it is a labor of love you know when you're working next to somebody that is doing this uh, and i love it too i'm i don't want to make it sound like i don't um but when you're standing next to somebody and they could be any place else right then and there. And they choose to be in our kitchen or in their car delivering. Uh, sometimes our clients, we're the only people they see all day long. Mm-hmm. And they want to tell us their life story for that day. And uh, well, listen, we, we're not just here to feed their body we're here to feed their soul we want to mm-hmm. we want to be their friend mm-hmm. um not sure how what i'm trying to say i'm just trying to oh but it, it is that it it it's pretty extraordinary i was invited to talk at the the church mm-hmm. downstairs because they just wanted to hear about me as i and how they could help and i was just conscious when i looked it's a small congregation and i said you know, I'm looking this, there's, there's mega churches and there's mega non-profits. We're the small but mighty version because this small congregation has supported our mission for 50 years. And I look at the people that could be watching TV. I, you know, I, I don't mind lying around on my sofa and, and watching and binging on something, reading a book, you know, taking some time out. And they get in their car and they drive down. I mean, the route today I did with my friend wasn't necessarily easy. And we got lost and then we couldn't find the house. And then we, you know, did this. I thought people five days a week, they just turn up up there and they carry, you know, we wheel out the big things. It's pretty extraordinary. And then I love, Mike knows them. But, you know, slipping into Mike's role, I love our kitchen volunteers. Mm. What a group of extraordinary people. Eight o'clock this morning, there they are. They come in and what are we doing? Da, 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 this, you know, yeah. There was five. How, um, how many volunteers is there? Like, do you have as a whole? Mike, you would know this. Well, there were 80 plus. 80, yeah. at least. I mean, we have... We're a Monday through Friday operation, Mm -hmm. and we have different volunteers every day. So, like our volunteers that are in the kitchen on a Monday, there are different volunteers on a Tuesday. We're fortunate enough to have 
the volunteers that really, really love to do this, and they come in Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm. Um, and the Tuesdays. The regular volunteers. And then, Those are the and regular then we ones. Started, the ones that don't have lives and they want to come in. <laughs> no, and, yeah, that's so it. great. <laughs> the, then we started this, like I said, this little thing on Monday afternoon called Chop and Chat. Just yeah. Just to us. Because Monday is when we get our deliveries, the food that we've ordered, and we also get this other truck, and then sometimes we get from the urban farms. There's so much stuff to be sorted. So um, we also now have those people who are just learning about Meals on Wheels. And then on Monday, we also have the extraordinary, the group of people from the Easter Seals mm-hmm. mm. that come and they break down the boxes. And I've started feeding them. They bring yeah. their own food, but I say, would you like to have some pasta or something like that? And so they sit around the table yeah. out with the boxes. And and the different types of volunteers that are available for anyone who's listening and is potentially interested in We are joining. always looking for volunteers. We're making it sound like we're running a perfect operation, which we are. But no tears today are, when we you know and everyone's on are, vacation or sick uh, or we don't have enough people yeah. to run the routes. Uh, we have we are looking for you know uh, volunteers to help uh, run routes. Mm. We're always looking for that. Okay. Uh, we have what we call a driver. Yeah. It's all they do is drive. They never leave their car. Okay. Uh, and then the runner who actually brings the food to the client's house. Uh, we have seven routes, so we cover uh, all of San Pedro, uh, all of Wilmington, and yeah. parts of PV along Western Avenue. Mm, yeah. um, but like our people that go out on a Monday, they do the same route every Monday, so they get to know the clients. I see. And, and if the they way take to go, a day yeah. off, if they don't come in that day... We're That's like, when it's tricky. We, we get phone calls from the clients going, is uh, are they okay? Is everything oh, right? What happened? Yeah. You know, listen. And it's people yeah. like my girlfriend and I today saying, oh, we're just very slow because we kept getting lost or whatever. <laughs> but this, that's the magic of this, that people, and they're all different sorts of people. Not everybody's older or younger. It's such a mix of people and it's, and it's pretty brilliant how it works because we've been, I've been involved in other nonprofits and, you know, volunteers and all the rest of it. But this, this is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And then at different times of year, we have the nursing students and nursing we students have all different up. types. And we have people that need community service and mm-hmm. yeah. That we join in. Santa Claus coming to help next, next month. Oh, He's that's nice. We can get Santa Claus back on the, you know. <laughs> And then we On the assembly have, line, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, the Southern California Quilting Guild that just made us a bunch of placemats. Is that who made those beautiful yes. placemats? So, and it's just something that they donated to us so that we can give to the client. And San Pedro Garden Club. San Pedro they Garden made, Club. They they put together and make little posies, and I think that's the stuff that pushes you forward because. And the Girl Guides and different people that might write little cards and put fun things together. The Girl Scouts. That the just, Girl Scouts, that yeah. They this just year, did that. Uh, last week gave us, they made individual little candy bags with oh, notes in there yeah. for the clients and stuff like that. I We went through a little bit of a tough time after COVID because COVID, we tripled you know, the number of clients. There was a lot of funding out there, which is no longer there. 
So we are having to reassess how we do this and we've mm-hmm. had traditional paid clients, but it's heavily subsidized. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really pay for everything we do. So can you we, can we t- touch on that a little bit? So yeah. there are some clients who can call in and subscribe to the service and essentially that's that's, that's the traditional um, model. And it's um, $8.50 a day, mm-hmm. and it's those two meals. Often people one eat hot, one cold. One hot, one, one cold, and whichever thing. Um, then in COVID, there was a lot of support for people who couldn't feed themselves. Um, as we found out that a lot of that funding went away, but we still continued to feed those people. Mm-hmm. Because Mike and I looked at our finances and went through and we said, okay, well, maybe some of those people can turn into paying clients and maybe some can't, but we're going to call them all. And I remember Mike really kindly split the list with me and we both started calling those people. One of the hardest things we had to do. It was horrendous. Um, We looked at each other about a third of the way through the list I know I'd been in tears and Mike was finding it tough too. And we just looked at each other and said, I mean, it makes me cry now. We have to feed those people because there's no one else to feed them. They slip through the cracks because they're homebound or they don't have the connections and the skills to be able to get out there. And, uh, you know, those numbers have gone down. Some did convert to... They said, oh, we really like this and we'll, we can afford to pay for this. But some people can't. And I'm reminded of this when you talk about the other things and the, the lovely gifts. I spoke to this lovely gentleman who was so gracious on the phone. And he, I said, well, you know, we, we, maybe we have to make some changes. We're sort of we're trying to work out what we're doing. He was so lovely. And he said, well... Um, things are a bit tough at the moment. I'm, you know, I don't think I can do that, but I just want to thank you so much. Whatever happens, I want to thank you so much for what you've done and how lovely the volunteers are. And then he said, and I love when we get little gifts. And as I'm talking to him, I realized he was so gracious and so loving. I remember putting the phone down. I was Mm -hmm. doing these calls from home and I said to my husband I said I don't know what we're going to do but I think we have to like you and I will pay for this and in fact that's happened hasn't it with some of our lovely volunteers they've sponsored yeah we have a lot of our you know not only are they giving hours you know a a couple of times a week uh, but now they're opening up their checkbooks and they're you know either making a straight out donation to us or they're paying for some of the clients and stuff like that so. that's so incredible so if somebody is interested in doing that that's another option if you can't donate time for work reasons or whatever but sponsoring meals mm-hmm. too is an option as yeah. well wow, so it's incredible. A, we've got a balance of and as long as we can continue to do that we will do that mm-hmm. and that's where our getting these lovely produce donut donations really help mm-hmm. because at this point we do not get any government funding we do not get from our local city county we, mm-hmm. we get no funding like that so it's really um it, we it, got some from a, a local foundation crowell johnson which we're immensely grateful for um 
you know, one of the oil companies, Marathon Oil, had helped us. But it's mostly... And we get, we get some money from supervising. Huh? Yeah, we have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... And I say that we, we we're so grateful for that. But it's often small donations and people that have... We've, Meals on Wheels has touched their life mm-hmm. in some way... And Michael says, now that he's the office manager, he'll say, you know, look what came in today. Or Often people we know and we're surprised and you say to me, oh, yeah, they donated. I love this. This is very touching. And just to talk a little bit about the transparency, funding and costs, operational costs, too. You guys are operating out of First Presbyterian. Do you have to pay rent for that? We do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we do. It's and incredible. then. And then for the kitchen, there's all the supplies, right? I mean, some of it gets donated, which is great, but... But we still do a big order. Mm-hmm. Big order week. for that. And, and then there's the sourcing of um, produce and meats and everything that you cook. That Some of it gets donated, but some of it you still have to purchase yeah. as well. Yeah. It's mostly purchased. It's it's icing on the cake is the, the lovely stuff that's donated. So, you know, budget-wise, yeah, we... And then there's We're the two of We're still spending about 1500 on, you know, for stuff that we have to buy. Right, yeah. right. And then there's the two of you that are running it, that are driving. You guys are the core of this, right? Well, Staff. it's not, you know, it, yeah. She's, she's steering the ship, okay? Yeah. But well, we have a great, great bunch of volunteers and then that's what i was going to get to was that that exactly once the buck stops there then it's like you guys cook the food with the help of volunteers cooks chop and chat yeah (laughs) volunteers and then you have the drivers who are driving who are delivering who are paying for gas their time their car thanks to all the volunteers i mean i'm very inspired right now you um, made her I do chop and chat. I know. I, I, you sold I me on the, chop and chat. Chop and chat is the funnest because I'm going to say there's an element of pressure that is during fair. the week because, you know, starting at 8 o'clock, we like to pack the cold food around 9.30. We really would like to be packing the hot food. You know, it's two and a bit hours. So you're always, it's fun, but you're watching that clock. But chop and chat is just this silly, crazy, especially now with our fancy new chopping boards. So can we talk a little bit about clients and sort of um, who who qualifies? We have a client that's 105 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's I pretty mean, incredible. The, the youngest client we ever had was 35. Yeah. But he was incapacitated mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Anybody can sign up for Meals on Wheels if they're homebound. Unfortunately... We have to limit the number of our free clients mm-hmm. at this point, but we, we keep a list. And and this is where sponsors could also step in and help as well, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we do have some sponsors that we you know, do. Mm-hmm. They yeah. want us, they, they tell us or ask us, they don't tell us, yeah. but they ask us to make sure that a certain amount of money is spent. In Wilmington, a mm. certain amount of money is yeah. built here, uh, mm-hmm. uh, spent here. And, and that's um, what some of our bigger, you know, we, we apply for grants and mm-hmm. we do that. But we are all volunteers. And so it's, you know, we wish we could spend more time doing that. And that's usually where 
that money has gone, mm. you know, from those couple of foundations. After, that's what keeps our sponsored program alive. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, what would you like San Pedrins to know about Meals on Wheels? That we're here. Mm. <laughs> Where is here? Uh, 731 South Gabriel <laughs> Avenue, located in Weymouth Corners at the First Presbyterian Church. So yeah. this is a call out for all the new San Pedrins that have recently joined us, including myself. I'm new. I'm two years new here. So, you know, a great way to get involved in the community is like yes. go to a chop and chat or, you know, sign up to drive or something. Yeah, get, get involved. To, you get to see all the streets and you get to meet some <laughs> true. You really some of Yeah, it'll be the best are, way, quickest yeah. way to get around in San Pedro to learn the, the street and get to today, meet people. Interestingly enough, was raised here. She doesn't live here anymore. She mm-hmm. lives over in BB. Um, we're going down the street. She goes, oh, that's where my mum's best friend lived. And then she was getting lost. She's going, how can I be getting lost in San Pedro? I said, it's okay. Well, I, I did a route a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, and I went, I have never, and I was on a street that I never even knew existed. Something else about San Pedro is yes. this is a hotbed of... <laughs> You know, non-profit activity. Yes. It's unbelievable. So many non-profits. When we deliver the food, we're not just delivering food. We're doing a wellness check and making sure that, uh, you know, everything's okay. You know, and a lot of our clients are out there on their own. You know, the good thing about Pedro is they take care of their own. Yes. You know. Uh, that's why we don't have the 200, 300 clients like Long Beach does. Um, so, uh, we, we try and do whatever we can to help. We will take out their trash. We take out their mail. We, you know, do whatever, do whatever, do whatever we have to do. And then there's some people that we hardly see because they like to get the food in the container. And I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever seen that person. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a neighborly service, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's very much that. Um, what's on the vision board for Meals on Wheels? It, that's a tough question because, you know... We, we try also, you know, one of the things is not, not to do that mission creep and start adding all these things. Let's mm. try and do what we do really well and do more. One of the things... There are people who would like us to deliver to Palace Verdes. So we'd love to have the resources to and the expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for us to get bigger, that means more people out there are hurting or yeah. in need of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are a lot of people out there. So, yes, we want to become a bigger organization. But we don't want to see more people need our service. Mm-hmm. We want to help the people out there that are already out there that need our service. Mm-hmm. So, so having a bigger impact, being able to expand the services yeah. to areas of need, but also not wanting the problem itself to get bigger right. as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when you think yeah. that we've tripled the size of the organization in the last three years. Three years. So... That's changed everything, and we we never stopped feeding people, and 
That's incredible. Brewery, and we're, we're it's a licensed kitchen, so we are we are governed by the oh, local yeah. Department of Health. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. 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 So and they, they check it regularly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. And you guys always maintain your A rating, which yep. is great. We did with the last shift, so I hope this one is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're going to hear it if you don't. No, I'm just kidding. I, I got to tell you, honestly, she's done an excellent job, okay? She is just amazing in that kitchen, which she's been doing. So ways that people can support Meals on Wheels. We talked about volunteering, mm-hmm. delivery routes, right? Cooking, yeah. chopping. Do you need to have um, cooking experience to be you able don't, to join? But what we ask you to do is get a food handler certificate, and we can tell you how to do that. And it costs about ten nine, ten dollars, depending. And you can do it online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If any of your listeners want to uh, help Meals on Wheels, they can sign up through their Ralph's app, and we get a donation of. Uh, an amount that they spent on their uh, their shopping trip, oh. uh, we will get a kickback from that. So and Amazon Smile. And Amazon Smile. Smile. Yes. And then donations as well, sponsorships as well. Our mm-hmm. website, you can donate on the on the website. I'll, I'll link that for sure. SanPedroMealsOnWheels.org. That's the next question is how can people find Meals on Wheels? So SanPedroMealsOnWheels.org, the Instagram and Facebook do you know what they are? SP Meals on Wheels. Cool. But, um, so if you follow our um, Instagram, it's got some great photos of Chop and Chat and, and the food that we're making. And That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then um, we are almost close to wrapping up here. So what is something that concerns you about San Pedro? And then the follow-up to that is what is something that excites you about San Pedro? The people. They concern me. And they excite me. <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit more? Um, I love the people in San Pedro. Okay, I love the fact that it's a close knit uh, community. Um, I have my bridge that I can see, so I feel like I'm in New York. Although I'm coming up on being in California, just longer than yeah. you have been in yeah. New York. <laughs> so, um, but uh, concerns about. Pedro, uh, I don't have a whole bunch of them. There's a lot of things going on out there, and a lot of people comment about a lot of stuff that's going on out there. And um, when somebody says, "How come there's?" When somebody says, "How come there was so much traffic on Pacific Avenue?" Now, I hate traffic too. I hate sitting in traffic. Yeah, you know. I hate not being able to find a parking space, mm-hmm. but there's so much other stuff that's happening in this world and in this city that yeah. I, I, and if, if I'm sitting in a car by myself and I'm yelling and screaming because there's traffic, yeah, who am I pissing off? Myself. Okay, I'd rather just and you crank in your up car the radio. traffic. That's yeah, the right? thing that amuses yeah. me. Nobody likes to be you know, in traffic. It's I'm, only I'm, you know, I'm part of the problem, not part of the solution. Yeah. So I'd rather just roll down my windows, crank up my radio, and sing whatever song that's on the radio. You know? And just make it that much better. Yes. You know? Lemonade's out of lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that outlook. I love that. 
And I don't always do that. <laughs> oh, so I was letting that one just slide there. I don't always do that. I wasn't okay? going to I do my out. best. I drown when I try and walk on water. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so. yeah. Um, and then for you, Susan, what is something that concerns you about San Pedro and what's something that excites you? I love, and it's probably the essence of the Meals on Wheels thing, um, Stuff happens because people get involved and do things. Coming from Australia, I love Australia. I love Australians, all the rest of it. There isn't that um, volunteer, philanthropic tradition. That's the thing, like I said, about San Pedro. So I just think that that's a whole lot of great stuff. I have different concerns. I, I wish we had better public transportation. I would like a lot more trees in our town. Um, just a whole lot of little simple things like that. I like the physicality. I like living where there's hills and ocean and beach and bridge. I quite like industrial landscapes. I like all our architecture. So that's a whole lot of stuff. That, that leads me to my next question, which mm-hmm. is my question that I like to ask people is describe your favorite San Pedro experience, whether it's from a memory or whether it's what your ideal day would look like. Well, I'm going to throw in music by the sea. If you have me music. on the radio, man, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been doing that for that's, that's my, my give back to the community besides meals on wheels. I started that 27 years ago. That's, uh, that's my summer. That's how I spend my summers in July. Just, being up on stage in front of people and just bringing as many people to Point Furman as we can. I love I that. I never knew that that was you. I now you do. Know. Now I do. Now I just put a face to the name. Yeah, I'm the guy that's up on stage that's yelling incredible. and screaming and telling everybody to go home. <laughs> that's incredible. That's a great, yeah. great experience that you brought to a lot of people too. I love that. And then for you, Susan. You know, there are some incredible cultural organizations here. Angels Gate, hats off to Angels Gate Cultural Center. Um, I was very involved with um, White Point Nature Preserve, so that is dear to my heart. So I, I think probably some of my favorite times have been involved with events to do with those organizations. I love these experiences. They're very different from our typical ones we've gotten. Sometimes it usually includes some food and then a view on the hill in Point Furman. But love, I love, we love all that too. Yes, but I love the variety. I love yeah. this. Um, well, thank you both so much. I truly appreciate your time. Truly appreciate what you guys do. This has been so much, so much fun. Thank you. for our episode follow us for more on instagram at hello sp podcast huge thanks to rock ashfield at palm realty boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space and thank you to all of our amazing patreon supporters leave us a review and share this episode with your friends neighbors and coworkers. see you next week